What's Going On podcast. We've got a quick advertisement, and I think this episode clocks in at about an hour and five minutes. It's episode 40. Check it out. We're on Collins Conversations. I'll let you introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, wh- where you came from, and kind of where your whole journey got started. Well, I am originally, my name is Megan Carner. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, been here born and raised, and went to college here. And then in 2005, I left Cleveland for Atlanta to go to grad school. And that's where I got my first master's degree in global management. I uh, was there for about two years and really loved it, but then was offered a position uh, at a global nonprofit in Washington, D.C. So brand new to Washington, D.C., completely different culture, everything, but moved there and I've been there for the past now 12 years uh, working for a local nonprofit. And uh, yeah, and then since there, since living there, I've gotten my second master's degree in education because it was actually in Atlanta where education and wanting to be more involved in it and wanting to work in it, I got sort of developed my passion in Atlanta and um, started doing some things on my own, trying to write a curriculum for kids. Um, because I was born and raised as a Christian, a strong Christian, um, I wanted to do something that incorporated my beliefs and what I was really passionate about, which was education, but education in kids, young kids. Um, and so doing things on my own really didn't work out. I realized I needed something solid. I needed an education. I needed a skill set. I needed to be skilled in what I wanted to do. My passion wasn't enough. So when I moved to D.C., after working for several years, um, I went back to get a second master's degree in education with a concentration in curriculum and instruction so that I would be able to actually walk into what it is I wanted to do and know that I had the knowledge and the background to do it. And that's where actually I am now. <laughs> that's awesome. So you gave a yeah. whole bunch of whole bunch of things to run with there. Yeah. Um, growing up, now that you're writing curriculum, what was it like going to school for you? Were you the straight A student from the beginning or did you have troubles and kind of learn to get better at school? What was yeah. school like? School was great. I grew up in the public education school system, but I did pretty well. I was on honor roll. Uh, I think, I don't even know if Spur is still around, but I was on Spur, which was sort of like, you know, you were up there with the honor roll kids. Um, I did pretty well in school. In this, um, yeah, I want to say that I, I don't know if I excelled, but did pretty well. And, um, but I also, being raised in the church, I also had that education as well. I had that background as well. And so I didn't grow up going to private school or anything like that, but I've always appreciated um, learning scripture, learning the Bible, being in church. And I used to, not envy, but kids that had that in school. I just kind of always thought about that's really cool to be able to put together and integrate what they're learning in church because really what you're learning in church is supposed to be what you take into the world. The same way what you learn in school is what you're supposed to take into the world. And so loving the way those two integrate with each other, um, it's just developed into a passion as I got older. And uh, did you do a lot of like youth groups and travel? Like, do, like what was your involvement uh, in the church growing up? My uh, the church growing up, I was um, I volunteered. I participated the usher board and things like that. Um, Sunday school. Um, always went to vacation Bible school. Really loved that every year. Um, and that was for, I just loved learning. I just loved learning the Bible. My mom and I, every night we would sit. And even though growing up, it was still kind of like, oh, I got to sit and read the Bible, you know. But I realized the effect that it had on me as I got older. So um, we didn't do too much traveling with my church. Our youth group really didn't do that. But just volunteering at the church and things like that. Always involved in functions and events and things like that. 
And what, what type of lessons did you learn early on in church that you, you could now find in your curriculum? Do you kind of, have you just carried some things along with you the whole way? I think um, one of the things I try to drive home in my curriculum is changed behavior. That is what this entire workbook series is about, is that behavior can be, uh, it, can be it can be changed, it can be developed. And it starts very young, which is why my workbook series starts at the pre-K and kindergarten age, because that is such a critical age for kids. Um, and that their behavior can be shaped, and it can be shaped in a way that, because essentially what you teach a child or what you fail to teach a child is what they take into the world. That is what they take into society. That is how they become or not become a productive person in society. Just in values, you know, really, it's really teaching value, a value system. And um, yeah, that's the, that's the main driving point in the whole workbook series is change behavior. And um, I would like to think that that's what's most important to me about my faith. It's how I treat people. Um, how how I demonstrate, uh, some people may say it's too Christian-y, but the fruit of the Spirit is nothing but love and joy and kindness. That's something anybody can have. That's something you can teach anybody, to have patience with people, to be kind to people. Um, and that's what I want to drive home, is really shaping behavior of kids at an early age. What's your favorite age group to work with or be around? Kindergartners. Kindergartners? Young kids, four-year-olds, five-year-olds. Um, just the end of June, I participated this for my first year at my church in Virginia in our vacation Bible school, and that was the age group I volunteered to uh, work with, and I loved it. They were great, you know. They're they're trying, but they just they listen, and they, I mean, they're you know they're kids. They obey. They do what you tell them to do, you know. But they just take in everything. They are like sponges, and I love that. And it frustrates me when I see people begin to develop kids in just the wrong path. Everything you say to them, they'll repeat and they remember and they take it in. And I love that. And being able to have that influence and hopefully it's a good influence over kids is what I love to do. Yeah, I would, I would say as horrible of a thing as it would be if somebody showed up after four or five years after dating them and just was like on my doorstep and was like, hey, we have a four-year-old, never told you about him. That'd be the best thing in the world because then you skip all the diapers and everything. Yes. Like for that four or five-year-old age, you're like, yeah. you know how to use the toilet, you know how to say yes, no. By now you should yes. know how to say please. I can send you to do a few things. Like yes. they're great. <laughs> yes. You know, like, as long, like you said, as long as you train them and say, hey, like you do this because you're, you live here, you're supposed to help out. Right. You know, like it doesn't get to be where they're 10, 12, 14 and they're like, I'm not doing chores because I never had to do them before. Like, right, yes, yes. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Yeah, little, yeah. Little, little boys, I think, like you said, are sponges, and the fact that not only do they soak up everything, but they're dirty, they're stinky, yes, they, they are a sponge, <laughs> they're a used sponge. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's kind of go a little bit more into your, your workbook. It's called Cram. Yes. Um, how did you get the name? How did all of it just, what was that moment that you're like, I'm going to write the curriculum, I'm going to do it myself? Yeah. Well, it was living in Atlanta, and like I said, I was in Atlanta for just two years, but there was some, that's the first time I've lived away from home. And, you know, I don't know, it's something about the atmosphere, the environment in Atlanta. When I moved there, I never had any inkling, any desire to go into business for myself. I always thought that you just go, you work somewhere 30 years in corporate America, then you retire and maybe you want to just spend the rest of your days at a nonprofit helping people. But working in Atlanta, I was working for a business consulting firm. And one of the things we did um, was we did the books and the accounting for a lot of different small businesses. So one of, and they, once I was there for probably a year, they gave me a couple clients to do their books. So one of my clients was a sorority. One of my clients was a guy who promoted um, Christian rock concerts. Um, he also did music and marketing ads for Toyota. Um, one person was a ghostwriter. I mean, I had clients that did all types of things. And I thought, this is so cool. I mean, it's people that do some of anything out here, you know. And also what I learned in that environment working in Atlanta was, is that everyone there is trying to sort of climb to the top, but it's not like I have to step on you to get there. You know, we can each get there. And it doesn't mean I have to knock you down just to get to the top. 
And I said, okay, this is really cool. Maybe going into business for myself would be something I'd want to do. And I said, okay, what does that even look like? What do I want to do? And education has always been my passion. Um, and education in young kids has always been a passion of mine. When I first went away to college, even though I came home because I got homesick, when I first went away to college, my um, major was elementary education. And so it kind of came full circle, even years later, um, living in Atlanta. And I said, okay, I want to go into elementary education. What does that look like? But I knew that I didn't want to necessarily teach. I wanted to be involved in the writing, in the writing of it. And I said, okay, let's try to do it on my own. Um, I knew that I didn't necessarily want to create a new curriculum, but I want to take what's out there and incorporate Christian principles and biblical principles. How do I do that? So I just started writing. I just started writing. I said, well, if I want to write and I want to create, I just start creating and writing and writing. And um, before I knew it, I was done with grad school and then I get offered a job here, yeah, well, in Virginia. <laughs> and um, that job, it brought me to DC and it just sort of took over. And so my writing sort of went on the back burner for a while. And I found that I was just sort of getting stagnant. I was getting too complacent. And I said, no, you know, this is, my passion is still there. It's still what I want to do. So I started writing again and trying to develop the curriculum on my own. And I found I was just sort of going in circles with it. And I said, you know what, Megan, if you really want someone to take you seriously, you want to get into the education field, you're going to need something that says you're qualified to be here. So I said, okay, now I'll go back and get a master's in education. What does that look like? And I knew the kind of curriculum I wanted to do. So I went to a Christian university, Regent University uh, in Virginia Beach. Did that program, loved it. I have, I don't, you don't meet too many people that say they loved grad school. <laughs> I loved going through their program. Absolutely loved it. And um, so I went through that for two years. Back in 2014, in 2016 I graduated. And it sort of like, it was like a light. Like that is exactly what I needed. The skill set they gave me is exactly what, I, I essentially used part of my curriculum throughout the program. As when I would submit papers and things like that, I would use part of my curriculum as my report. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so then once I graduated, now I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to move forward on this. And I had a clear picture of what I wanted to do. And it wasn't necessarily creating a brand new curriculum. It was taking what kids are learning at that age already, addition, subtraction, multiplication, um, geometric shapes, all those things, but just incorporating biblical principles into it. Very often, um, I would go into bookstores and I would see math books, science books, and then religious books. And I said, why can't this sort of be fused together? Because they don't have to be separate. You can, you can begin to influence behavior by putting them together, not teaching them separately that they have to be two separate things. That this is how you can instruct a child while developing their character and their behavior all at the same time with their learning. Um, and so I started really focusing on it right when I, gradu when I graduated in 2016 and um, started writing it and got with a designer and I figured that what I wanted to do, sort of following um, the Virginia uh, Board of Education, their curriculum for kindergartners, and what those lessons are. It's math, it's life science, it's social science and language arts. So those are the four parts of my uh, curriculum series, which is more actually like a resource tool. I actually look at my uh, workbook series as a resource tool for parents because it just adds on to what their kids are already learning. Whether your kids are in school, whether you homeschool, um, whether your kids are in youth church, it's just another resource tool for parents to have at home to reinforce what their kids are already learning, but incorporate uh, Christian content and Christian principles into it. And um, yeah, so right now we have the life science and the math um, are out. And I remember someone said to me, Megan, how do you incorporate biblical principles into math? I mean, math is pretty straightforward. You know, it's addition, it's subtraction. And so what we do in the math book is I bring in the concept of money. Because if kids can understand numbers, once they understand addition, subtraction, they can understand money. And they understand money at a very young age. And so with CRAM for the math workbook, 
We teach money though in terms of stewardship versus just consumption. That you earn money, but you also save it. You also do good with it. You also tithe from it, which is a Christian principle of putting aside 10% of your income or of your increase. And that's how we teach stewardship and actually being responsible. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that money is like the number one competitor to God in our lives. If you really stop and think about it, money competes with God very often with people. And what I want to teach in CRAM is how money is useful and it is desirable, but how does God treat money in our lives and how are we to treat the increase? Not just looking at money as tangible, but looking at it as an increase to our lives the same way every day is an increase to your life. Every day, what kind of person are you out here in society? Are you a productive person? Are you someone who's giving back? Are you someone that's extending a hand to lift someone up? Um, and that's what your money is supposed to be used for, not just in consuming it all to, to say I've got a lot of money, you know. Um, so that's the angle that we take with the math. Life science is a little different. And I went back and forth on whether or not to call it science or this kind of science, life science. People get a little weird about life science. Well, life science, that's not the rocks and the stars and the moon and you know all that. But I teach it in terms of our life in terms of creation, why we were created, why God created us. Um, human beings are actually the only thing or the only life form that God actually created. Everything else was let this be, let that be. But God breathed into us life. Okay, then we have an ultimate supreme purpose over the grass, over the animals, over all of that. There's a reason God put us here. And it's to be a light in this world for him. And so that's how we come at life science. That's how I come at life science in, the, um, in that workbook. And um, the other two, social science and language arts, are in the works and they're coming soon. Um, but right now the math and the life science are the ones that are out. And I've gotten great feedback just from parents, that, especially homeschool parents, who have used this book, um, the workbooks already with their kids and just love it. Actually, one critique that a parent gave me was that I wish it was longer. Like, I really wish there was more here. My kids were loving the book so much. I wish it was longer. I just gave that same critique. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, what would that be? About three episodes ago, I did an interview with a group, Dirty Backpack. It's a rap group. One of my buddies is in it. Okay. And, uh, you know, they just put out an EP. It's about eight songs. And normally, like, when I'm cutting grass and stuff, I'll, I'll try new music or listen to new podcasts or whatever. And, you know, usually you, you, you think new, new CD, you're like, oh, about an hour. And, you know, I think it actually she might have been the house where right now yeah. uh, where I was cutting like I got done with the front yard and I was like CD's over he's like oh what did you think of the new project I was like it's great but like where's the rest of it yes. man like it's, it's everything you do it's fantastic every song could have been wow. longer like but you know same thing where you're like it's kind of like a good book where you're like at the end of it you're like oh I could have yeah. read that for another couple of days. Oh, well. Right, right. <laughs> um, and you mentioned uh, homeschool uh, parents. Are they, Is that your number one target market? or That homeschool parents are, um, just because I love the idea. I am not a mom yet, would love to be, but I love the idea of homeschooling. I have friends who were homeschooled. I have friends who are homeschooling their kids. And I think it's just the coolest thing in the world. First of all, it's a privilege to be able to do that. And I see, I see one of my close friends, she's actually a co-worker, and I've been to her home and watched how she homeschools. She actually uses the workbooks with her kids. And I've watched how her kids develop. And it's just amazing to be able to have that interaction with your kids, but then set aside the way she teaches them and that one-on-one -on -one that they get. It's just like, wow, that's, you can't replace that. You, mm -hmm. you can't, you know. And um, so homeschool parents, I have gotten a lot of great feedback and they are, I would say my number one target audience. Um, I would love to be in like private schools. I would love to have that. Um, sometimes it gets a little iffy because a lot of schools want your work to be accredited and they have certain guidelines that they have to follow. But youth churches, homeschool parents, that's like my target. Um, daycares, preschools would love that, you know. Um, so yeah, homeschool parents, but homeschool parents are a market that I'm definitely trying to get to. And yeah. uh, the actual book, you mentioned that you got with a designer. Mm -hmm. um, was that like an illustrator? Was that to, to actually figure out how to place the yeah. different chapters? 
what, who all else was involved and what were the different uh, things that you either did by yourself or outsourced? Yeah, um, I, the designer was given, to, was given to me, Green Root Design, they were given to me by a very close friend of mine and um, they are actually very strong Christians and they love the idea of what I wanted to do. And the wife is actually um, an illustrator. Every single picture in my workbooks was designed. It didn't come from Google, it didn't come from anywhere. She drew it. Every, and she sort of developed this character. Um, you'll see like this character, the character of the aisle. He's, he does different things, you know, on, the, on each book. And um, I love that. She sort of developed this character that's very present throughout each workbook. Um, and it was great. I mean, it went through maybe two or three months of, I wrote everything out all the text and she just took it and created characters, created pictures around everything that I did. And um, she had a ball with it. She loved it. She's like, I really want this for my kids. Her kids are like one and two, so they're kind of young. But um, that's how the design phase went. And uh, she drew everything and there you have it. And it was really a great process working each year. We did the first book in 2017, the math book, the end of 2017. And then Life Science was done literally a year later, um, around the same time. And uh, are you testing these out on anybody or are you kind of just figuring, I know what I'm doing, kind of just let's put it out there? <laughs> well, I've had a, um, my, a, I've had a couple parents review it independent. Uh, I went through a homeschool uh, publishing company called The Old School House and some of their clients reviewed the book on their own and uh, gave it very great reviews, which I was, and I mean, they used the books with their kids over a period of months and walked through the process of how they used it, what they loved about it. The critique was very, I mean, even their critique of it was super helpful for me. You right. know, things that they would love to see me do with the books. Um, and so that's how I've kind of been testing it out, um, being a vendor where I can at different conferences and things like that. And um, yeah, I've had some friends use it with their kids and give me honest feedback about how they, what they would like to see different about it. Um, and that's right now, that's, yeah, that's pretty much how I've been testing it out. And you kind of touched on, I think I might know a little bit of this answer before I asked the question from what we were doing before you started rolling, but writing curriculum, writing the, getting the book done, selling the book, marketing the book, what's the hardest part? The hardest part is marketing and getting in front of the right people, getting in front of the right audience. Um, and then how do you then sell it? You know, I love it. I love talking about it. I love showing it to people. I love hearing their feedback and then niching that cell, getting that cell across is probably the hardest part, you know. Um, I love writing content. I love actually writing these books so much. And so when it gets into the marketing, all the social media and everything, it's kind of like, oh gosh, well, how do I say it? How do I approach it? How do you, you know, the right words to use and things like that. And then I look for experts for that because I'm just not skilled in that. Um, I know what I think is critical. I know what I think is important. I know what I think is great about this book. I know that it, what I would want my child to get out of this book. Um, so I try to convey that and really just get across to parents um, how cool of a project I think, how cool of a product I think this is um, and how we incorporate biblical principles and academics. Your kids are learning. They are learning uh, academics appropriate for their ages but also adding in um, things that they're experiencing out in the world and how they can combat that with their faith and with their belief, even at a very young age. And we make it understandable and digestible for even four and five-year-olds. Yeah. Um, Green Root Design, you said, was the ones that did the illustration on there too, right? Yes. They also, it looks like they're the ones that did your website. They did. They did a yes. fantastic job. Oh, <laughs> thank I, you. Like That's part of like the marketing thing that of like, 
a tedious part of my job is going through both prospective and current clients of their marketing. How could they do things better and everything else, which is also something I try to bring into the podcast as well of like, not only help you tell your story, but also kind of go through the story you're telling and kind of use my marketing expertise and throw some things off you. Okay. Um, and there's hardly anything that I can pull against your website. Like the, really? like the, oh, the, gosh, the fonts okay. that they used, it's, it's simple to use. Did they also make the logo that's on your shirt and all over the place? They did, yes. They knocked that out yes, of the park we too. We did the, I mean, it took maybe a month, month and a half to really come up with a logo that um, I liked, that I wanted to convey, and that I thought was cute. You know, the colors, everything. They came up with the whole branding and everything. Yeah. Yeah, their branding is spot on. Um, to me, the cram, the way they do the colors, it kind of like is like the Crayola, kind of yes. like a little. Is, was that what you guys were going for? We, Crayons well, idea. We wanted it. Um, we wanted to attract kids and parents with young kids. Um, we wanted colors that were bright. And uh, and then she just had an eye for it. The designer just really had an eye for it. Um, and when you're talking about cram, the name, everyone asks cram, where did you come up with that? Well, cram does stand for the Christian Resource and Academic Manual. But it's also your cramming and kind of- Yes, thank you. Yes, every, a lot of people say, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like a resource tool. So it sort of puts in all those things that kids are learning into one book the way you like cram for a test or right. cram for you know yeah yeah i totally so got that as, as, okay. soon, as, as soon as you sent over like at cram.com cram for kids.com i was like oh i got yeah. that uh, <laughs> one of the first interviews i did on the podcast was if you with what you like coffee I love coffee, yes. While you're in town, you have to go downtown. It's a pain in the ass to park, but other than that, okay. it's a great place to go. It's called Poor Cleveland. P-O-U-R. P-O-U-R. But I, I got through almost the whole interview until you kind of let me know that it was a, a play on words of, you know, oh, poor Cleveland. Always, you know, the butt of everybody's jokes. Right. P-O-O-R. But right. Like, but, and then it's a couple of people like, oh, poor Cleveland, ha-ha. I was like, oh, you got it. I had to be explained to me. Yeah. You know? But yeah, they have undoubtedly the best coffee in all of Cleveland. If not, I've traveled to most of the states in the country and they, they knock it out of the park. Charlie. Really? Like, they uh, like remote reverse osmosis their water and uh, okay. like all of their stuff is weighed on scales. It's not like a cup, like it's the exact grams every time. They, like they have coffee literally down to science. And really? It, it, okay. Yeah, it's, it's uh, East, I forget, East 6, we could look it up later. But okay. It's uh, like pain in the ass to park, great coffee if you can find, okay. a, if, if you can find a spot. <laughs> It's, okay. not, it's not worth going all the way to the like garage parking and have to pay a day rate just to go get a cup of coffee. But right. They also have a uh, espresso milkshake. Um, wow. It's about okay. two or three dollars more than it should be, but okay. it's delicious. <laughs> okay. Espresso milkshake. Yeah. Wow, that sounds okay. Yeah. Okay. Like it's kind of like a, like a frozen macchiato almost, but like okay. with, with, with real ingredients, not like a, a you know like a Dairy Queen or Starbucks. Okay. Um, but yeah, while you're in town, if you like coffee, it's worth checking them out. Wow, okay. Um, but back to your, your uh, you're just about everywhere. I mean, you're, you have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Yes. Uh, what's your favorite platform to use and favorite platform to use as a marketing tool? I would probably say Instagram. Instagram is, maybe it's me, but I think it's like the easiest to use. Um, Facebook, I'm. I'm delving more into doing ads and trying to get into that. I'm hearing a lot of people talking about ads are the thing to do and everything on Facebook. Um, I love also not just you know putting my stuff out there, but but Cram giving its opinion on a lot of different educational articles and things like that. So I love Facebook for that, uh, being able to do that. Um, not just promoting myself, but also promoting what I think and how and how that plays into my workbook series. Um, and but I would say Twitter, Twitter is a little different because um, Twitter is more I don't know it's more article based. It's you know it's not really a big platform for something like selling a product. Um, but I do get on there. I get on Twitter and and try to give my opinion on different things. Um, and but I would say Instagram is one that I use the most, and that's where I get the most traction. Um, yeah. All of those statements, fact check. 
You didn't mention YouTube. You are on YouTube. You have a few videos. Do you hate you? Do you not like YouTube? No, it's, you know what? It's a little nervous doing the videos. I'm just now getting into video because everything is video. You Mm -hmm. know, I had to learn that, you know, after Google, the number one search engine is YouTube. And so whether or not you like, you know, getting yourself out there, um, on my uh, YouTube channel, a couple of my videos, I'm not on there because it's just really getting used to the sound of my own voice. It's getting used to putting my work out there in video format. So I do want to start doing things more where I am more visible um, because I actually enjoy it. It's just sitting down to do it. And then, oh my gosh, when you get into editing and all that, I'm like, oh my God, no. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, so let's kind of break each one of those up piece by piece. I do disagree with the way that you describe Twitter. Really? Um, I personally hate Twitter. Um, really? I'm only on it, like you said, because it's one of those, like everybody looks to see the top four pillars. You have right. to be on all four. Um, but the first way that you described Twitter, I believe, was that you said it was article based. But everything that you're sharing on Facebook is article based. So it's the yeah. same the same content that you'd be putting on Facebook, taking those same links and throwing them over to Twitter. It'll take you five seconds and it'll double. I mean, you kind of rephrase your your wording a little bit shorter. Yeah, the rephrase more. Yeah. You know, if you're captioning it, you kind of got to narrow it down to two or three sentences to stay in their limit. But right. Um, kind of just repurposing that because you you asked me earlier, how do I have time to do everything? Yeah. Um. You have ninety five posts on. Instagram total, I'm putting out over 100 a month wow. of original content. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. The way I have time to do that is I multitask and I repurpose everything. Okay. So just in this interview alone, like we were saying, we have two camera running. Now we have two cameras running. <laughs> Half a second there, we only had one. But so by doing this, we have a full long form video. Mm-hmm long form podcast and then each like I said each question or each topic that we bring up chop those into segments that's 40 different segments out of watching an hour video and then you just edit each one into its own thing Um, a big tool that I've used lately and I've been recommending is called later later later.com I've heard of later I've I've tested out the majority of the different scheduling ones and I think that's my favorite really Um, it does have a few things that it's lacking and it is a little bit labor some to kind of figure out the, the thing of it but okay. um like I, I just recently have tried to stick to instagram every day 10 o'clock and two o'clock there's going to be a post on colin's conversations um, okay kind of taking the, the focus away from the colin can help because um, that's another one where I, I broke it into two separate brands essentially the marketing consulting right podcast just so that way it wasn't flooded with all just podcast Okay. Um, and that podcast page alone in the last 10 months, 11 months, 10 months, is just short of 2,000 followers. Yeah, so, I see that. So yeah. by, by breaking that off, I have that 2,000, then I have another 2,000 on Colin Can Help. Right. Some of them interlap, but that's a 4,000 brand because right. I'm specializing the content. Okay. So from the one clip, what you said about school, then you tag the, the school that you went to. If mm-hmm. you were talking about Green Root Publishing, tag them and then you kind of build and, and kind of just find the way to intermingle and repurpose them and okay. then for Instagram it'll be a square thing or if it's a, a nice one of the longer things that you said in this interview like a two or three minute answer perfect for Instagram uh, TV so you okay. kind of just figure out the different the same story could go into different box and different words and things like that and be right. a completely brand new piece for everything and I hear that a lot and I think for me it's how do I break those things up when, you know, even video and audio, I guess I just get intimidated right. by it. And I think that's the thing because I'm certainly, I can, I'm for certain I can take the videos that I've done and break them up. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, okay, how do you do that? How do you even do that? How do you begin <laughs> right to on. chop up those things? And I think it's probably just sitting and making a, you know, making an intentional choice to sit and learn how to do that thing how to do that yeah you either have to learn how to do it or make the call and say hey uh, i need to hire you for content creation Hmm. okay you know kind of doubling down on your curriculum and giving the marketing to somebody else or does it make sense do you like it enough to learn it 
and kind of like you said, you're natural in front of the camera. I mean, you're already sitting comfortable. You're you're talking comfortable. Everything's comfortable. Um, to where same too, if you had a podcast, which you should, it's going to be one of my recommendations. It's super easy to start. Really. Um, but just like we said here, you get it's as simple as getting a cheap tripod, setting your cell phone up, even if you don't have an extra microphone, and then just write out the questions of what pe- would people ask you or what do they ask you at the shows. Right. Answer those. Take a ten sec, take a whatever second break, so you know an easy place to chop. Mm. Chop it. Answer the next question. Okay. Then you have ten videos. That's ten days. Ten days of content, and you're just like I said earlier, just reverse engineering. What would people want to know about me? Okay, this is what I think they want to know. This is what they're telling me I want to know, right. and make a video for it. Make a video. Okay. Um, we also mentioned you're looking in Facebook for ads. Um, <clears throat> you're personally on LinkedIn, right? Do you have the yes. cra- do you have cram on LinkedIn? I do, I do. Um, LinkedIn, if you like to write it all, is a fantastic spot nowadays for organic reach. Okay. Um, where Instagram, Facebook, you kind of have to pay to play now in order to get right. Because uh, like I got four thousand people and a hundred of them see a post. Unless you put some money behind it, okay, which is yes. one of those you're like, oh, yeah, like, that's great. <laughs> and I put money, I put, yeah, I put money behind it, and I saw the reach. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's putting money behind it, yeah. Um, but even if you put money behind a LinkedIn, write an article of mathematics for kindergartens and kind of target the stay-at-home mom or the Bible school leader. Or you have, especially with LinkedIn, you have a lot more easy way to kind of peep in and pray where who's where do you work what do you do you know kind of connecting those professional dots okay um other marketing things you already mentioned um with your youtube videos you feel free to sit in front of a camera yeah say the exact same things you could say the same script that you had on the cram overview Mm -hmm. just in person and it's a brand new video and and by putting you out there putting your face and your your passion behind it and they see you being animated about what you're talking about it's a lot more um because the cram overview it's just like you're at a conference you're kind of watching through the slides you're like oh all right next slide i already read this one next slide and i mean i mean that in the most positive way possible but you know i mean opposed to where if you see you smiling and talking and animating and you have the book in front of you it's a much better way to keep the attention because It's amazing. The for me personally, the hour-long videos I put out every week hit very few, five, ten views okay. on like a YouTube. But then the individual clip from that interview, I'll take say ten of them. Each one will hit a hundred, two hundred on Instagram every time. Wow. Okay. So it's one of those people's attention spans. They don't want to watch the full hour. So right. Some people do. Yeah. And some people really enjoy it. And that's why having the audio version of it is great too. Where you can right. put that put a link on your site. You know, check out the free Cram podcast doesn't take you very much if any video you make you just take the audio right from it and upload it so it's one of those just repurposing the video for two or you could type down everything that you say and write it into an article right so all of that definitely takes time so it's one of those that's why I said that's where it's some people hear what a content creator charges and none of us charge enough honestly for the amount of time that you could put into it yes like people don't think that for especially if anything has manual transcriptions Mm -hmm. if it's a three minute video it takes me 30 minutes to run through everyone to put every word in the right place right right you know or you're paying a company to do it or it's right but to do all those, you don't have, I don't think I saw hardly any videos on your Instagram, right? They're almost all, yeah, they're all no, they're, text. They're pretty much all Um But text. they're great. They're great colors and everything. But video on Instagram hits at least double the instantly through the algorithm. It's twice as many people are going to get the video opposed to a photo. Okay. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay. So, I mean, if you're averaging yeah. 3, 8, 9, 12. Yeah. That's six, 16, 24 off right. the bat, opposed to going bigger. Um, mm-hmm. a, another one on Instagram is you're following 79 people. Um, that should be in the thousands. Yeah. Um, there's an app that I use called Cleaner, just like, you know, window cleaner. Okay. Um, I think it starts out free. I'm pretty sure I have a paid version of five or whatever dollars forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that does is it allows you to go through and get, um, 
different list of who's following you back, who's not following you back, and things like that. So then within Instagram, what I always recommend people doing is kind of going and typing in youth group, church, homeschool, whatever your keywords are. Because right. you, you already have a basic idea of what keywords you're looking for. You're right. Like just re- And there are hashtags that I follow, mm-hmm. but but you're not you're talking something different. Yeah, going okay. into the explore feature and finding individual um, churches. Right. And then go through and find the members and start following them. Odds are, one of them knows a kindergartner. Right. So if they come to your page, especially if you go, if you follow somebody, go like, I think the number is five. About five posts, follow them, five posts, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. It gets a natural spark in whoever got all those notifications. Oh, who's crammed for kids? They just followed me and like mm-hmm. half of my stuff. That brings them to your page. Right. At that point, right, right. you have the chance to get them. Right. So just by okay. popping, that it's for free. You're popping up on, you could do a couple hundred a day easily. Wow. And you're popping wow. up on that many extra screens. Um, I, I run about four um, Instagram pages just for myself. I, I broke one off for photography. Okay. Colin can help. Colin's conversations, and then uh, I do one for free for my dad. Okay. Of all of, all four of those, I'm getting about at least a thousand page views a month. Wow. Okay. So that's a thousand eyeballs that right. on whatever I'm promoting or doing. They're seeing it. They see it and they're scrolling through it just from going follow, boom, 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 right. next, follow. But I'm finding the different people. Like for my dad, he, he does car detail products in Tennessee. Okay. So you find the city in Tennessee that he works at. You go to the surrounding cities. You find different people that are posting about cars or car dealerships and you're just again reverse who do who do I want to find his page right. who do I want to find my marketing page so for the marketing page you go you know entrepreneur Cleveland entrepreneur and keep going around the different areas that you're looking for that you could easily handle locally before you go nationally okay and then okay like I said about 100 200 300 of those a day it adds up and that's where cleaner comes in you go through if they haven't followed you back mm-hmm. bye bye Hmm. You can do about 40 or 50 of them at a time. Okay. So if you add 100, subtract 50 that don't follow you back, the whole thing of following the people is just to get their eyeballs on your thing. On my page, right. And I'd say at least 30%, give or take, depending if you're targeting right, and if you have more interesting enough content, are going to come follow. Yeah. So if you could do it 300 times and you get 30%, that's a lot more eyeballs than you're getting. That is. And that's what I need. Yeah. Um, I think, I'm, I, you know, I think for me, I'm trying to be too specific yeah. in who I'm following and, and you know. And, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because um, same too, I mean, at 123 followers, if only 10% yeah. are seeing the posts you're getting, yeah. that's 12. But, yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those. But then if you if you could, it's just playing the numbers game. If only 10% are going to see it, you got to get out to 100 per people right. to try to get 10 to maybe get three to your website to maybe close one. Right. So, but, you know, the more that you can amplify yes. all that. Yes. Um, huh. Okay. So that's the best free Instagram information I could give. I mean, it's got me over 4,000 personally. And that is year. not information I have. I've never heard it that way before, um, the way you just said it. A lot, there's a little bit of a stigma of like the follow, unfollow, Mm -hmm. but I'm following you to see if you're interesting and interested in me. And then if I don't like your post or it doesn't align or whatever, you don't respond to the engagement, anybody's gonna say bye anyways. Right. And that's where the cleaner just makes it that much easier to see who's not following. Or I think you can make a whitelist too, or like if there's people that aren't following that you still wanna make sure you follow. Right. But it's a manual thing. So it's one of those just play the numbers game and same with on Facebook every once in a while it looks like you might share your own stuff I mean you do a really good job of showing the stuff you're interested in but at least once a week put in another link to your own YouTube video like use your other platforms to kind of align and link everybody back together okay um Okay. I don't give too much YouTube information just because I suck at YouTube I haven't (laughs) I haven't cracked that you know like whatever Um, okay but Every other platform, LinkedIn is a big one that you're not going to think kindergarten book, business site, but the organic reach, or if you do put a little bit of money behind and target, you know, 
homeschools or executives or you could follow just by Christian belief or your alumni. You know, use, right. use that alumni name every time you want to talk about something. Hey, I went to blah, blah, blah. Every school you went to, you could do a different video for right. I went to this and then target those people. You're naturally coming more into them. Right. Okay. Um, or you do, okay. What what have you done for Facebook ads? I, I don't see the the list of them. Um, are you just doing a post? Are you doing videos? What what type of Facebook ads are you running? The Facebook ads were posts. I believe they were posts. I think I did a couple of. Um, I may have did maybe the cram overview. I did. I not sure. But they did get. I did get a lot of reach. And I actually saw some conversation going on about it, you know, and I was, it was kind of funny reading how people were discussing my own book. And um, I saw one person tag a friend to say, hey, this would be good for, and they named, I guess, another kid. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I said, do I get into that conversation or no? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you want to get in like, every conversation. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, have you ever heard of the name? I have Gary V. Okay, maybe I'm um, not sure. Soak up his content. It's it's where your Bible is the real Bible. The marketing Bible is whatever this guy wants to say. Wow. Um, but where I was going with the Gary V method is he's got a book. It's called uh, Hook, Hook, Jab. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Um, but the, his idea there is, you know, you're not going for the knockout every punch. You Knockout being the sale. You kind of just... Oh, yeah, you know, it, it really would be great for Timmy because of this, this, and this. If you have any questions, let me know. Kind of yeah. just passively giving information. The whole idea behind social media isn't actually to sell. Right. Not the hard sell, at least. It's kind of just you want to provide education and entertainment and figure out how to mold both of them just to make a more, uh, more informed uh, end consumer. Okay. It's not... Yeah. Buy my book. Buy my book. Right. Buy my book. Because right. think about it. If it's a page and you're scrolling through your own thing, and you're like, like yes. this, this lady, every time, it's <laughs> buy my book. Forget her book. Right. But if it's, you know, hey, today's Monday. Math is Monday. Today's Tuesday. It's life science day. Yeah. And every, and you kind of, um, one idea I was going to give you, um, just the, running the creative idea for video type thing would be um, just that. Kind of make every day a different day in Megan's classroom. Yeah. It's I either. thought I have thought about that and hadn't thought through what that looks like but I have thought about you know how do I approach each day mm-hmm. I want to be in, I want to because in order for me to get people engaged and do I want to feel that engagement I right. want like how do you want to talk about something if I don't want to talk about it you know right and I was like what does that even look like okay um, like a, a basic idea would be you go to church on Sunday and you kind of talk to a couple families that have kids that are about the right ages and say, hey, can I borrow, you know, such and such for, I just want to film a video. It'll be about curriculum, kind of the Sunday school part two. Right. And then they, it's you with the book kind of going through the lessons just to get that stock footage of you, just you pointing at things and right. having that back and forth dialogue and getting those feelings yeah and then you take something like that and either make it into a youtube video or there's your ad that's actually going to pull at those heartstrings right instead of just look at this image it's, right. it's oh, yeah. oh kind of playing and look up oh it's megan ceo of cram yeah you know just kind of working through curriculum blah 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 i wanted to let you know about blah 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 right i mean right once you have those different shots you could do anything with them. Yeah, that's true. Whether you really know movie programs or you give it to a video guy or you kind of it somewhere in between there, what you could do with B-roll of just hanging out and showing curriculum or just film yourself on the computer typing things. Like yeah. just having that background stuff allows your, your creative brain will kick right in once you have all these different footages of let me put this together with this, this to this. It might... Nobody needs to know that this was on Tuesday, that was on Thursday, right, and you're right. putting it out on Monday. Yeah. Like, nobody's thinking through that. So, right. like, just kind of coming up with the same like we mentioned later. Yeah. Um, on my 10 o'clock Instagram is usually kind of like a good morning inspirational kind of start the day. Okay. My 2 o'clock is look at this podcast episode, or this is something from the podcast guest. Kind of good morning, welcome, easy. Right. Hi, I'm here. Yeah. I want you to listen to this. Right. Opposed to wake up. Hi, listen yeah. to this. Hi, listen to this. <laughs> right. But kind of 
for you, you could have it set up to where every Monday you're looking at it just like a calendar that you're trying to make plans for. Drop in Monday content, boom, 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 boom. All right, I got all the Mondays done for the month. And then kind of just keep, and then mm. each month you can reuse that same calendar. Right. Nobody knows. They're not gonna, nobody's gonna be like, she posted that same thing last, right. four Mondays ago. <laughs> or even if you do right. for the first couple, eventually you'll have enough things. Um, like I tried to do, uh, one week was all music people I was gonna promote, then writers, then entrepreneurs, and then kind okay. of. So it's not just rapper, 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 rapper. Right. Cause that's what I was working with in the last month. It's kind okay. of like, all right, let me rapper, rapper, teacher, doctor, right. you know, kind of not, cause I go for a way wider demographic than you're going for. I'm going right. for everybody. Every, right. But right. I started going nationally, internationally. Like my first couple, I did a uh, DJ Undo was a Romanian DJ. Okay. Um, I had a, a author who was stationed in Japan. Like I was kind of just on this like mission to get as many far out like international Skype type calls wow. recorded. Okay. And then I realized that the interviews I was doing with those weren't as good. Hmm. By having this one-on-one -on -one, or a lot of times I'll have people over make dinner or whatever kind of just to like build that rapport so it's a natural right. boom instead of just everybody's just sitting. So I'm looking yeah. at the computer. <laughs> you know, how, right. how fun yeah. is that? Like, because it comes through. Like when you're animated or I could say something to make you laugh, it's not a two-second lag on it. Right. Things like that. Right. Um, but podcasting should definitely be something that you're doing. I kind of leave that as the last of the the ideas that I have for you on the marketing front. But now, would you um, say podcasting is for everybody? Anybody that's in business. Anybody that's, okay. For themselves and has access to any bit of electronics is shooting themselves in the foot by not podcasting. Because hmm. um, think about how this podcast got started. I was trying to figure out how to get out of landscaping, get into marketing. Mm -hmm. But in order to, to market, I have to know more about everything other than just lawns or other than just right. cooking or the facets that I, the skills that I had. Right. So if I'm talking to authors, I ended up self-publishing, a, a, what is it, a Google tutorial book through Amazon. Wow. I don't read books very often, but I, I get a royalty check every month from the couple of ones that trickle in from here and there. Mm -hmm. um, this year I've sold 52 books and I'm not an author. But wow. I sat down after taking the Google Analytics test during the winter just to kind of build up my own credentials. And I was like, that was really boring watching all those videos. Like, if only I had a study guide to be like, all right, this is what I really need to know. Right. And then I was working with different authors who were doing self-publishing. And I didn't really know how to advise them because I'd never published a book. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'd only read X amount of books. So I was like, I'm not qualified. So right. let me learn it myself. When I designed everything myself, all the pages, all the graphics, Boom, boom, put it up in a day. Wow, um, okay. So it's kind of just, it's allowed me to learn and teach and then um, just think of all the advice that I just gave you. Right, yes. That allows me to then put out content of this is my philosophy. So anybody that's thinking about working with me, they hear time and time again, these are the similar things that I'm stressing. These are why I think they work and talk to that person, see if they worked. Right. Or, uh, music for the podcast. Yeah, I've got eight different people that are musicians that have been on the podcast that have given me all, their some of their best instrumentals. Wow! Just to use royalty free, give them credit. Yeah. Hey, check out this guy. He did the music. Right. And then for them, if I'm making a clip of say the Adi Ray ones that I did, I had have his music in the background. Yeah. All of those hit 300 views in two or three days, and it's not only hey here I am, but if you're like. Well, I really like that beat in the background. Right, right. Who is that? Who oh, is that's that? yeah. that's him. Oh, I really want to check him out at that yeah. point. Or uh, your music's probably gonna be Jeremiah Craig. He's uh, on YouTube at Jeremiah Craig. Uh, he's got a full thing on his website. Good buddy of mine. Uh, but he does. He's a musician. Okay. But he's also a content creator and a marketer and eighteen thousand other titles. <laughs> but on his website, you could go download. I've got twenty or thirty of his guitars and different just basic background music wow. that he allows everybody to use for free. So that's his way of getting his music out into different, you're like, oh, I really like this beat. Then you go find the words, then you buy that one or stream right. that one. So right. it's finding a way to get all of your things and different things. Right. So why you should podcast is if, just like we're doing now, sit down with a, a pastor or a youth minister yeah. or anybody in any congregation or anybody in any school anybody that equates to anything that you're doing right. and you're helping build a natural rapport. Yeah. So yeah. same uh, um, 
that was a Mike Miles one, just, just coming out this Friday. Um, at the end of this, actually, get them on camera. Where are they? I made these for the podcast. Okay. And wow. at the end of each one, I've been given a handful out, and that QR code on the front there, mm -hmm. if you scan that with your iPhone, it'll take you directly to the podcast page on Spotify. Ah, okay. Just makes it as simple as you can right, to take so. somebody to it. Yeah. And he's looking at it like, why don't I do this for all of my singles, all of my albums? I'm like, exactly, why don't you? Right. You know, and then on the back side, it just has a brief one too about the show and I believe an email address at the bottom in case you want to contact me to be on the show or sponsor or whatever. Yeah. So within that business card, you get a thousand of them for not that much money. You know, right. like yeah. it's so easy to print off cards. You get the design, you put the QR code. Right. And then everybody that you're talking to about Cram. Yes. Oh, here. Here you go. You don't have to type in anything. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to remember yeah. anything. You don't have to remember that there's a Z at the end right. or a four in the middle or any of those other things. Right. But. Oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's super old that's technology cool. that some people use, some people don't. But now that f modern phones, just pick it all up right why not yes if I could if you don't have to remember it type it in that's three steps of just and same too you could while they're while you hand it to them oh yeah pull out your phone I'll show you how it works right now look, right. How, look how easy it is yes then it's right in there boom boom that's really cool um so yeah I always recommend that to musicians anybody that has any um, or uh, my I don't think I have them inside but my actual marketing card on the back there's two of those. One will take you to my website, one will take you to my Instagram. Okay. So same too, instead of go to Instagram, at blah, 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 yeah. boom, scan. Right. You're already on Instagram. It'll open up the app and everything for you. That's really good. That is cool. This is cool. Okay. So think about those for yeah. your next business card. Definitely, <laughs> I, definitely. Um, so let's move back into the book for a little bit. Okay. Um, we have life science and math out now. Yes. And then it's social studies and yeah. what's the other one? Language out? arts. Language arts. And some people might say life science, social science. Social science, I've um, that one is pretty much written, and it's really uh, delving more into kids' character. It's really going to deal with character. Um, the life science one, it deals with character, but it deals more with why we were created and. Um, those parts of our personality that God put on the inside of us, and He put, in, you know, inside of all of us, His His spirit. He, we were created in His image. That's what the life science deals with. The social science is more interaction, kids interacting with each other at school or on the playground and things like that, and just being um, how to have just good character and good behavior um, just in everyday life. That's what the social. Uh, social science one is more about and language arts is just that it's uh, reading and um, the things that they're learning at that age you know reading and sounding out certain words and reading certain words and things like that and we'll definitely I'll definitely incorporate um, biblical content into that as well so those are the two that remains in the series it's a four-part series and yeah so I'm looking forward to those two coming up um, Hopefully in the next year or so, yeah. And when you're done with those, are you going to kind of keep the same idea, but then go up a grade to first grade, or like what's the I progression plan? I would love to go into the higher grades. Um, this is a, the, writing curriculum and developing curriculum. I love that, and that's what I want to do. That would be like my dream to do that every day, all day. And so I would definitely love to go into upper grades and really look at how, as kids get older. It's, it, it's, it's not so much about developing their character, but getting more into how they just navigate through life. Because they're getting older and their character is already developing and their behavior is already developing. But just trying to create a well-rounded and uh, thoughtful human being. And when are kids learning in school and incorporating those things into what they're learning, to me is the easiest, instead of trying to separate it and make it one or the other trying to teach them at home how to be a decent human being and being a caring and loving human being and then take, sending them to school and separating that. I don't like that, you know, I like integrating both. And I think it's very easy to do so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, before I forget, brilliant question. Thank you, Brain, for coming up with it <laughs> towards the end. Um, I know book sales are a lot lower than they used to be opposed mm -hmm. to like a Kindle or whatever. Um, I also know that anybody that's kindergarten through 
95 years old anymore is attached to a screen. Have you started to, or, or do you want to eventually get it into an app or an online application? What are you thinking of as far as getting cramped digital? When I first came up with the entire concept of it, it did include a web-based portion of the book. And the web-based portion was really to maybe do some sort of testing or uh, really testing out what they're learning here. That's what I was thinking, maybe games and things like that. Um, but I love the fact of kids, like kids don't write anymore. Right. I, I recently learned that they took, what, handwriting out of school? I had to take, yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, I definitely had to take that. The dumbest school. thing is, at least uh, where my stepdaughter goes, I believe they taught them how to sign their name, but that's all they taught them of cursive. <laughs> So like, what if like her name's Lily? She only gets to learn three letters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that make sense? That's true, and I couldn't believe it. But I still believe in the power of writing, right. and because kids are just—I mean, you know—they're gonna need glasses at like three. You know, the way we have them staring at screens all day, and that's all that they know. And but when it comes to writing and reading from a book. I realize that you know some people may think you know books are kind of going away, but I don't think so. I think that it can definitely be they can definitely still be useful, and I think they're helpful. And so everything cannot be digital in my mind, but I do understand that um, something like this would definitely you know especially the math book would definitely benefit from being online and kids being able to test mm -hmm. and being able to test your kids in it. Why not? Right. Um, but that's what I was thinking more of the online version, being able to test kids and things like that. Yeah, I definitely think that is something you should sooner than later figure out. I mean, you definitely have the cost of entry to get into the tech. I mean, you're right. not doing, you're just not going to teach yourself coding of JavaScript right. and things like that overnight. <laughs> you know, like, I don't right. know if that's something that's in the realm of your design people because, I mean, they already have the great visions. But if you already have all those images to then work with a company that only makes apps. Yeah. Because same too, that's one of those where you and I are both thinking, I, I, it's making like I make websites so like I already see a way of kind of a progression through a website of it but right. kids they don't want to go to a browser they want to have app they want yeah you know they, yeah. they need to be like able to boom and be right there so right. it's one of those I think having that but not only having that having that and then also having the workbook and having right. them kind of vary of you know different problems same message same setup but have different more problems here and core problems in a physical right. book um, I think would not only be a, a better resource for the kids, but also kind of help sell it. Yeah. Um, kind of that way, not only is the, t the parent not having to say, hey, we're going to go learn about math and the Bible at the right. same time, but you have to do it in a book. Yeah. Opposed to like, all right, where's your, you're on your tablet. No more games. You know, pull up cram. Right. You know, yeah. I want to hear that 20 minute timer on cram go ding. Yeah. Of your daily cram. Yeah. You know? And I think it, it, it definitely allows kids to be able to apply what they're learning a lot mm -hmm. easier on an app. That way they can apply. They learn it in the book, but then they're able to apply it and actually see how it works. Um, and actually see how these concepts work and how easy they are uh, on an app. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Facebook group. Do you have a Facebook group? Do I have a Facebook group? Yeah, like, I uh, like a, a cram group. specific? Or have you thought about that? I have, now that I have not thought about, I mean, I joined different right. groups, um, but I have not thought about having a Facebook group. I mean, I don't know how much interaction you have with your customers, but even if somebody orders it through online, kind of just add a link of, hey, join the community and kind right. of build a community of everybody. You know, you could have your testimonials and those are great, but right. if you could actually go to a group mm -hmm. where, you know, somebody's mom says that they had an issue of teaching this or that, or, you know, this worked better than that or that worked right. better than that, right. I think would be a nice extra resource to have. That's um, true, yeah. And it's free to set up yeah. and it's free to join, kind of just a free added benefit because everybody needs community, especially yes. we mentioned homeschoolers. Yes. You know, the bad homeschoolers I know, they got taught at home and nobody came to visit and it was just kind of like you're on an island right. where homeschooling I would like I would love to homeschool like yeah. if, if I could just send my wife to work and I get to stay home and do a little bit of stuff on the computer for marketing and then just go teach school for half the day like yeah that would be like you said it's, it's a privilege and an honor for those that, that right. get to do that right where you know why not make that more accessible with the group if they're already That's home true. alone yeah. you know 
and then you could also the the group posts show up better than a page post yeah like it's guaranteed if it's from a group it's getting into your feed it's getting into yeah definitely um, so again just one of those free things to kind of work right. in there okay um, but how I end every interview um, but how I end every interview I, I kept you I, I think I kept you in the dark I don't think I gave you the heads up on this I call it the digital soapbox you get up to one minute to look at into either camera mm-hmm. um, let me know and I'll get them set up just so they're dead on you but you get to end it for the listeners and the viewers on any way you want whether you want to do a, a sales message tell people how to get you give some inspiration all three you, you get to end on whatever tone that you want to end on and you get okay. one minute one minute okay which one do you want? Okay. I am Megan Carner, the author and creator of the Christian Resource and Academic Manual, better known as CRAM. CRAM for Kids with a Z dot com is where you go to get right now our math book and our life science book. Your kids are going to love it. I've had rave reviews about it. It's such a great resource tool, whether over the summer when kids are like not even thinking about school, but as parents, you want to continue reinforcing what they're already learning. Youth groups daycares, homeschool parents, a great resource resource tool for homeschool parents. Grab the copy today. You're going to love it. Great price, great product. Awesome. It don't matter where you are in your life. You don't have to do it by yourself. It don't matter what you need. Colin can help. Was it, was it as scary I, as you thought it was going to be? It wasn't as scary because your questions were great and they were they just kept coming and you know not where okay sit and talk for now you know right. I love that um, I can't wait to listen to it because the advice you were giving that I have not heard before I will say that you know I listen I try to listen to every free webinar and marketer and everything and they give great advice. But the advice you gave, I have not heard that particular advice before. Nice. And so that I really appreciate. And my mind was just like, okay, I gotta remember everything he's saying when we're recording it, so I'll be able to listen to it again. Um, this was pretty cool. Now, could I sit in your seat and do that with someone? I don't know. Maybe I could. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But. Um, but I know that I do love talking about it. I want to get more comfortable in talking about it. Sometimes you just want something to sell itself. Right. And that's not how it works. So I want to get more comfortable in talking about it because I love what this is. And I wish I had something like this um, growing up. So this was pretty cool. This was pretty cool. I did like it. See, I told you not to be nervous. <laughs> As always, I want to thank the listeners. I want to thank the sponsors. I want to thank my guest. And I'd also like to ask you guys to go ahead and wherever you're listening to this at, maybe subscribe. Definitely leave a review. Even if you thought it was shit, let everybody know. If you thought it was great, let everybody know. And I look forward to the next episode. And I hope you do too. Talk to you then.